Hello friends, this week I am back in my house in a much more serene environment. In fact, I decided I would make it especially serene. I've got candles lit, I'm in my dining room at my table, Um, I turned the lights off, and I just wanted it to be really calm and healing and loving and just create an environment of almost worship because anytime we talk about God that is a form of worship so welcome and today I think you will be inspired I hope you will be inspired because what I'm going to share with you is something that inspired me and I just don't know how upon hearing it, it can't not inspire you. You know, those double negatives, right? So I'm Chrissy Baki. I'm the hippie Christian who cares. I do this podcast because I care, but also who cares? You know, I'm just a girl in front of a microphone. (laughs) Get it? That's kind of like that famous, I'm just a girl in front of a boy, Julia Roberts. I don't even know the movie. I'm such a dork. But anyways, I'm just a girl who does a podcast because I love Jesus and I want to share. I'm not a theologian. I'm not an expert at the Bible. I just know I love God and I love talking about who God is, what God has to say in the Bible, and having that conversation about how to live and how to love and all that kind of good stuff. So stick with me. I think we're going to have fun today. I'm already cracking up because I like how I went from, oh, I'm so serene with all these candles to let's have fun. Fun, serene, isn't it all isn't it all the same? No, not really, but I am trying to be chill tonight, is all I'm saying. So today's inspiration came from a children's devotion book by Sally Lloyd-Jones and Jago. It's J-A-G-O. I believe if it might be Yago if it is um, like when you pronounce a J like a Y, but I'll say Jago. Um, I believe Jago is the illustrator and he also, and I'm assuming it's a he, isn't that weird? It could be a she. They also do art for a children's Bible that is phenomenal. But this is a devotion called Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing by Sally Lloyd-Jones and Jago. And the devotion that I opened to just opened up. I was at um, my grandchildren's house was called Just Because. And I'm trying to look It's on page 78 of that book. And I don't know what the rules are for quoting people's books, but I'm giving them full credit and suggesting you buy it. So I'm sure it's available on Amazon. I tend to buy books used though, like at thrift books and um, half price books and stuff like that. Anywho, that's my story on my promotion of their book. Please don't sue me. I opened the book and... 
The title was Just Because with an exclamation point. When you're thinking up a reason, do you ever say, just because? God says, I love you just because. He doesn't say, I love you because you're kind, or I love you because you're helpful, or I love you because you're getting good grades, or even I love you because you love me. God says, the reason I love you is I love you. If God loved you because you're kind, that means if you stop being kind, he'd stop loving you. Or if he loved you because you loved him, what if you stopped loving him? God loves us just because. Our God did not love us or choose us for anything in us. It was simply because he loves us. And that was a paraphrase, their words, not mine, from Deuteronomy chapter 7, 7 and 8. And I just was so inspired by this because it is so true. And it reminded me of a time when I was praying. And a lot of times I start off, I would start off in the morning. This is when I used to travel to work every day for about a half an hour. Um, I always just started off by like saying, good morning, God. Um, thank you for being my God. You are my God and my King. And I am so grateful. I am thankful for all you do. And I sort of stopped myself with all you do. And I was trying to be in that part of prayer where you're adoring God. And I found myself being grateful and mixing adoration and gratitude together. But every time that I was thanking him for something, it was for something that he did. I don't know that I said, I love you, God, because you are God. And I do love God because he's God, but I have to admit, I'm pretty conditional. I love that he made me. I love that he made the earth. I love that he loves me. I love that he forgives my sins. I love that he came down as a human 100% human, 100% God, and taught us how to love him, how to love our Heavenly Father. And so it's interesting because I'm a, it, it just showed how I'm such a conditional human, thankful for my job, thankful for my family. Um, and it is all what God does for me. And the exact opposite is true of God. He is so unconditional. And I'm amazed at that. He loves us just because. I have completely jinxed myself with the whole, oh, I'm so serene and I got all these candles and this is so great. I just recorded a session and had made so many mistakes. And I just said, I'm just not going to re-record this because 
it's okay that I make mistakes and you'll find it funny and blah, blah, blah. And then I did something else. And then I accidentally stopped the computer, but I thought it was going on. So I kept talking and I felt like I was going to start these papers on fire. I feel like Chris Farley is doing a podcast tonight, except it's Chrissy Bakke just channeling her inner Chris Farley. Awkward. Anyways, of course, I looked up the definition of unconditional, and it always drives me nuts when they use a form of the word to define it without condition. Well, no kidding, but like, let's dig a little deeper, right? So when I was digging deeper, I found something I dig, which which is the, the synonyms. And I'm laughing my head off because the last time I was trying to record this, I said the cinnamons and then I was busting a gut. And then I dragged out a whole story about a friend, Caramelard, whose cat's name was Cinnamon. And she says it really funny. And then I'm like, that joke is only funny to my sister, Susie. And I know she's laughing her head off right now, but the rest of you are going, Chris, that's so stupid. It is. And it's hilarious. But these are the cinnamons slash synonyms that go with unconditional. And what I really, really, really want you to do is think of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Our triune God that is three in one, one God that are that is composed of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Think about the parts of God and these synonyms to unconditional. Absolute, all out, errant, blank, blooming, bodacious, clean, complete, consummate, crashing, damn, damned, dead, deadly, definite, downright, dreadful, fair, fair, flat, flat out, out and out, outright, perfect, plum, profound, pure, rank, regular, sheer, simple, stark, stone, straight out, thorough, thorough going, total, unadulterated, unalloyed, unmitigated, unqualified, utter, and very. I feel like every one of those words could be used to describe God in a in a lot of different ways. And maybe some of them could be a stretch. And you might say, damn or damned, that's not God. Well, isn't it? Wasn't Jesus Christ damned to hell for our sins and dead and deadly? Yeah. Welcome to a crucifixion. Yuck. And dreadful. How dreadful is it when your best friends and colleagues deny you and betray you so much in these words that describe unconditional, that describe our Jesus. And I love that. I love that it is so absolute that it is 
pure and unadulterated love for us. It isn't what we do. It is all what God did for us and so intentional. We are intentionally made by a God who loves us. And I always remind everybody that we are created in his image. And so he creates man and woman and Adam and Eve have the entire Garden of Eden to themselves with God. They're in relationship with God. God is there and life is perfect. He says, eat from any tree that you want. And can you imagine, can you imagine like all these trees that have fruit on them that you can eat anything that you want? Hello, delicious. He says, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because if you eat it, you will die. So he says, why? And it's not because he doesn't love them. He just doesn't want them to experience death. And we know that goes awry really quick. Um, You know, there's a serpent, there's a girl, there's delicious fruit. And um, the serpent's tricking her and manipulating. I saw manipulating his words. I should finish the sentence before I dive into something else. But I saw the coolest thing that said the serpent, it was on Facebook, one of those meme things, whatever. And it said something to the effect of the serpent didn't talk Eve into adultery or into killing somebody, or into stealing. He convinced her by manipulating God's word. He simply talked her into not trusting God. Ouch. That is our sin. Our sin is taking our eyes off of God and not trusting him and not following his unconditional love and responding that way. And so God knew, God knew it was going to happen. And yet he still gave Adam and Eve free will. He could have created them to have sort of this um, all-following, all-obeying brain, but he gave them free will, and Eve and Adam made bad decisions. And he didn't stop loving them. In fact, he starts with the serpent, and he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So there'll be a fight between Satan and God. And that fight would start on the cross. And Christ 
his heel would be struck, so to speak. But Jesus would crush Satan's head. And when he would arrive in hell, there would be a victory dance in the end zone because he would be, he would, he would not be there to stay. I always like to tell youth group kids that it was like paying a fine, like paying a speeding ticket. And when Jesus, you know, except maybe bigger than that, that was something we do that sends us to prison. And when Jesus, Jesus gets to hell, he says, yep, I'm paying the fine. I'm paying the price of all of these sins that would send my people to hell and to prison. And I will just collect the keys to their cell so that now the keys to their cell would be keys to the kingdom. And I just love that. And I used to hand out, um, blank keys. They were, they were always actually cut keys, but they didn't go to anything. And I just say, this is a reminder that it's a key to the kingdom. And I do love that. I love the fact that from the moment that Adam and Eve sinned, God had a plan and that plan would be between the offspring of a woman and Satan. And then he holds Adam and Eve accountable for what they have done. Loving parents hold their children accountable when they do wrong. And we don't do nearly as good of a job as God does, but we try. And so they had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the consequence is death, and they they would die. They also are now still in the garden, and there's another tree, and that is the tree of life. And God says, I can't have you stay here because you can't reach out and eat from the tree of life and have eternal life because you've eaten you've eaten from the tree of good and evil and must die. And he says to Eve, there's going to be pain in childbirth, but, but from, from you will come a savior. He doesn't quite put it that way. I'm paraphrasing Chrissy Bakke style. And he says to Adam, you're going to have to work the ground and life's going to be hard but I'm going to be with you. In fact, take off those silly fig leaves you've put on and he creates clothes for them. God actually makes clothes for Adam and Eve to leave the garden. Like, oh, come on. He's so good. And he promises a plan to save them from their sins and to save us from the sins, from our sins. And the, the amazing thing is, is the scriptures, the, the old Testament, the new Testament, 
It is right there in Isaiah. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. And I get sort of that these things that the prophets were saying, could people truly understand Probably not, only through the help of the Holy Spirit. And God hasn't fully revealed himself to this nation yet. I love also, though, that those promises, and there's so many, just the Old Testament is packed full. And and I would even like Google um, promises of Christ in the Old Testament, and it's unbelievable how many times the prophets spoke to the birth of Christ. And then in Luke 2.10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. This unconditional God doesn't just come for Adam and Eve. He doesn't just come for the Jews, he comes for all people. And he comes out of the Hebrew nation, out of the line of the Jewish race for a reason. They are his chosen people that he would speak of so that all of this is recorded and all of this can be followed. And that's the part that is really undeniable. Like, that's the record that if we, anybody who trusts one of those DNA thingamabobs should trust the Bible. Okay, that was a little bit of a stretch because the DNA thing is all the science stuff. I was thinking more of the, um, like the, oh, it's, where they trace your family tree. There's a name for it. And of course, genealogy, where it's a genealogy where they've traced your family tree and they go back in history and blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm talking about. All of this is recorded and written down and an evidence of these people that are in the Bible that were real life human beings and not just characters in a story. But I digress because my point being is from the moment God created humans, his love was unconditional and his love remains unconditional, even though Adam and Eve sinned and then sin would infiltrate our world. And now it's to the point that we define sin so humanly. One sin is worse than another sin. And what is sin? And is that sin? And, you know, if you say the F word, is that a sin? Well, some people are going to say, of course, it's a sin. That's a terrible, terrible word. Other people are going to be like, no, it's just a word. And it's a really good word because it has a really good F sound at the beginning and a K sound at the end. And it's when you're really mad, it's really impactful. And 
yet somehow you don't say it in church. So somehow it feels kind of sinful. And I think it's the connotation. But I mean, seriously, is it a sin? Like when we start to wonder what is sinful and what isn't and how we have justified sin. And here we live in a world that nobody is free of sin. All have fallen short. Um, It's a Romans verse that said, all have fallen short and have sinned. And we are all in need of God's grace. And so the cool part though, is all is the key word. All is the word that also makes God's love even more unconditional because it's not based on if you are a Jew or not. Even though out of those chosen people came Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that those of us who are non-Jews, which would be Gentiles, are not Jesus didn't come for us. No, he came for all. Luke 2.10, back at it. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And in John 17, for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. And it's not like all those who believe in him. And there are moments in the Bible where it does say for all who believe. Yep, there is that factor of accepting this beautiful free gift from Jesus. But it isn't really what we do. Because it by accepting the gift, it is what Jesus has done for us that becomes what gives us eternal life. That's the unconditional love is that Christ was coming whether you were the only person on earth or not. Um, Our sin is so personal to him and he died for each and every one of us. I like that it says um, to bring it back to Adam um, Romans 5.18 says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Very cool. Adam makes a mistake and. I know everybody else is saying, well, really, it was Eve. Nope, it was Adam too. He was right there and he was, I don't want to say in charge of Eve, but God made Eve to be the helper to Adam. So Adam should have known better and should have been like, "Uh uh-uh, Eve, not a good idea. Let's get moving. And Satan, you know, I'm just going to squash your head. But he fell for it too. And so that sin caused condemnation for all of us because now they leave perfection. They leave relationship 
daily with God, as in physically daily, and now they're in a world that would become a sinful world. And because they were sinful, their offspring was sinful. And that's too bad because I got real ugly real fast. That whole Cain and Abel thing, whoa, when they say you're raising a little Cain, that's not fun. That's ugly. So let's take a quick break and then we will try to wrap this up. And sometimes I say that and I don't wrap it up, so I'll do my best. Just circling back to unconditional, the Bible is full of examples of how Christ was so unconditional. In biblical times, women and children were not held in very high esteem. And yet Christ was so unconditional that he said, let the children come to me. And he touched them and he hugged them and he wanted them around. He allowed Mary, Lazarus' sister, to sit at his feet while he was teaching. And that was unheard of. The naked prostitute, we call her a prostitute, maybe she was just a easygoing girl, dragged out from the sin of adultery, caught in the middle, and who knows, maybe she was framed specifically to try to frame Christ in this, you know, hey, we're supposed to stone her. And yet he's so unconditional. And whatever he wrote in the sand that day caused everybody to drop their stones and walk away. And he says, does nobody condemn you? And she says, no one. And he says, neither do I, because he's an unconditional God. He's unconditional when his best friend, Peter, denies him three times. And later, after his resurrection, he would give Peter three opportunities to say that he loved Jesus and somewhat make up for it because we need that. Jesus doesn't. Jesus knew Peter loved him. He knew he loved him even when he was denying him. Peter was afraid and and scared, and that's what humans do. They make big, big mistakes. And so unconditional is this God who... Like in Titus, hold on, no, in Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It, it doesn't say after we've asked for, for forgiveness. No, while we're still sinners. And we all know that we can't not sin if we try. And I'm serious, like even try to just still your mind and focus on what is good and right and perfect and godly and guaranteed you will think of something bad. Guaranteed you'll wreck it. And if you don't wreck it in that 
moment of silence within 30 seconds or less coming out of it, you will. That's just who we are. And maybe you're better than I am because I always say I'm that person that occasionally um, finishes communion and I feel so blessed and so forgiven. And a few minutes later, I am just judging somebody in line or thinking about how somebody annoys me. Wow. Yeah, that's bad. And we are so human. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that forgiveness is given out daily, hourly, every second, every millisecond, the moment that we are in need of it. Christ is there unconditionally to give it to us. Does that make you feel good? Does that make you feel like I can get through the next thing that nothing on this earth can possibly separate me from the love of Christ and nobody's sin against me is greater than the love that Jesus has for me and the fact that he died for that sin too. So whether it's sin I commit or sin that somebody commits against me, God is so much bigger than that. It's good for us to ponder the unconditional love of God. And it's good for us to think about how can we be a little bit more unconditional it's so easy to expect from others, whether it's your family or your friends or your work or your church or your, you know, small groups that you do. Um, I mean, from your doctor, your dentist, whoever, people you do business with the checkout at Target or the fast food person at McDonald's who gives you a half cup, which is delicious, by the way. We just, we have expectations and that expectation is a condition. And so maybe how do we lower those expectations? I don't know that we can get rid of them completely because we are a sinful people, but if we work at it and if we work trying to love the way that Jesus did, and if we're just reminded of that verse from John 17 too, for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you you have given him. God granted Christ the authority over all people, and he gave all these creations to Jesus, and Jesus chose to die for us, to go to bat for us so that we could go to heaven. And I think that is absolutely amazing and probably best described in a song that is so simple, which is, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. God is unconditional, and I'm hoping that we all can work hard to show the love of Jesus to others this week. 
break all the podcast rules in terms of what you're supposed to say at the beginning and the end and all the things you're supposed to do with editing. I don't care. I don't do it to be the world's greatest podcaster. I haven't been nominated for any kind of podcast Emmy or anything like that. Pretty sure I'm not even going to get the people's choice because there's not enough of you for me to get it unless you vote a thousand times. And it doesn't even exist anyways. I do this unconditionally. How about that? Oh my gosh, work that right in, right? Truth be told, I do it because I love it and I love you. And I am going to just say, Patty and Steve, I hope you keep listening. And Rebecca and trying to think of other people who have recently said they listen to my podcast. I just love all of you so much. And I would be remiss not to always call out um, Susie because she's my sister and she is my number one fan. Eric, Sherry, hopefully you're listening because I just called you out. So anyways, that's my story. And I am the hippie Christian who cares. You can actually email me. It's hippie Christian who cares at gmail.com. Anytime I ever give out my personal email, I always apologize because it's a full sentence. Hippie Christian who cares at gmail.com. Keep coming back. I love you and God loves you unconditionally.